This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. In today's episode, I'll talk about one of the most hotly debated topics when it comes to both road cycling, mountain biking, I mean, heck, any any type of cycling there is, and that is strength training, and if it's truly necessary for cyclists. My short answer is yes, but I'm not going to just give you my short answer, (laughs) of course, if you know me. So first, let's talk about the nature of cycling. Cycling is a sport based on power. Power equals force times speed. Force is what you apply to your pedals with every single stroke of your bike. Speed, in essence, is how fast your legs move or the RPM, for example. So in order to increase your power transfer to your pedals, you need strength, especially in your legs and core. I'm going to say that again. You need strength. The stronger you are, the more you can crank power into your pedals with every single power stroke or pedal stroke. Um, I'll give you an example. So if you and your buddy are pedaling next to one another up a climb, you know, imagine a fire road near you or a road near you, and you're both averaging about 90 to 95 RPM. But let's imagine that you strength train and are strong as heck, or you're at least stronger than your, than your buddy. You are therefore able to add more power to every single pedal stroke, despite you both pedaling at the same RPM. You're therefore able to accelerate, uh, sprint, you, you can climb with greater ease. You can do all of those things which are, which are staples in cycling with greater ease. So, I mean, sure you can technically build and, you know, work to increase your cadence on the bike. But here's the thing with cadence. There is a limit to how much cadence you can build, but there is not a limit to how much strength you can build, really. I mean, you know, in essence. Um, So that's the real big difference between strength and being a strong cyclist with really good strength versus someone who doesn't have any strength or doesn't work on strength at all, okay? Another reason in favor of strength, strength training is, you know, in essence, to prevent injury. You know, too often I see cyclists absolutely slaying it at the bike park or up mountain climbs. And then on the flip side, I hear these same exact athletes complain about aches, pains, pulling a muscle, or, you know, injuring themselves when they, when they do something basic, like picking up a a heavy bag off the floor or picking up their kid or picking up a pencil off the floor. While there can be, you know, several underlying factors to what caused that initial injury, the most common denominator that I see anecdotally over the years that I've coached is lacking strength, especially in the core. When you lack strength, generally speaking, you also lack coordination of your body. Okay. You know, while core is incredibly important and you're, you're going to hear me talk about that in future episodes, working the entire body and building strength and power capacity throughout your entire body is beneficial for cyclists point blank. I'll look at, you know, let's look at mountain bikers right now. Look at how they ride. They are incredibly dynamic on their pedals. They're, you know, and their handlebars, really. They're moving all around the cockpit of their bike, 
all the time that they're riding in order to get up and over technical features, for example, on the trail, as well as, you know, honestly, just descending like a beast, right? You have to stay strong, stable, while also remaining relatively loose on your handlebars. Then if you look at road cyclists, you know, they're crunched over into a relatively tucked position for a longer period of time compared to their mountain biking colleagues. You know, that adds a lot of pressure to the low back and pelvic regions, and it can create a lot of discomfort. So strength in both of these categories, and of course I know, trust me, you know, there's gravel riders, there's uh, cross riders, there's a variety of different riders out there, but just using these two as, as main examples, because honestly, you know, gravel really it does apply to both mountain biking and road cycling, and so on and so forth. But you, this gives you at least the idea. Now, a third reason for strength training is it gives you the huge health benefit of increasing your bone density, especially as you get older and especially if you're female. Now, if you've ever crashed, you know, uh, wouldn't you like to prevent breaking a bone or dislocating something? You know, obviously I know that there's going to be some nuances to this because some of us are hypermobile. Some of us might have, you know, uh, a hip joint that might not have the right, you know, anatomical head to have that, that hip bone really connect into that hip joint effectively. So, I mean, there's definitely nuances to this and everyone, you know, is different anatomically just because of genetics and things like that. But looking at things that we actually have control over, yes, you know, if you ever crashed, it would be really awesome if you didn't break a bone or dislocate something. And then if you've ever broken a broken a bone rather, I mean, wouldn't it be nice to, to recover really fast or at least faster from that injury? Yes. I imagine that's your answer. Now, strength training also helps you hold on to your muscle mass as you age. So yeah, it increases your bone density as you age, but it also helps you hold on to that muscle mass because after 40, you know, you do start to lose muscle mass, uh, which can lower your metabolism and things like that as you age and can also just, you know, increase your risk of injury, you know, falling, breaking hip, things like that. So hold on to that muscle. And, uh, another reason, you know, is your overall stability increases with strength training which means basically you're able to balance and work your body with greater coordination. So there will be hopefully less falling and less tripping and things like that. Now, my personal workouts can seem fairly boring to any regular onlooker, you know, and that's why I don't really post a whole lot of my typical workouts because they're just traditional strength training workouts. But that is intentional because consistency in my workouts not only builds resilience in my muscles, but it also builds resilience in my mind. I'm able to focus on my workouts intentionally, which which results honestly in greater growth without really trying to learn something new every week. Because that's the big thing is, you know, you'll see a lot of the fluff workouts is what I call them on Instagram, especially on in any type of social media. And they're just that, they're fluff. They're basically overly complicated and they're far too advanced for most people, you know, including myself, honestly. Even elite and professional level athletes in mountain biking and other cycling sports don't do complex workouts. I mean, they really don't. I see them a lot with trap bar deadlifts. They use the ski erg, they use the rower, you know, or row row erg, Um, you know, like they're doing the basics. They're squatting. They might be doing some complicated movements that are balance movements, but they're not 
doing anything absolutely crazy. You know, in my opinion, the most complex movements you should likely do as a cyclist in your training programs are snatches and clean and jerks using a barbell, but that's as you advance and as you progress and things like that. You know, you may throw in some sequences with a kettlebell for some flow work just because it's kind of fun and it does help with balance and things like that. But those flow movements should not be the main part of your workout. That should be minimal in a good quality strength training program that is based on progression and science, okay? No, you don't need to balance on your head on a BOSU ball. You know, no, you don't really need to do the agility ladder every day, (laughs) although it's nice. Um, It's just not required, especially daily. And no, you don't have to do a barbell snatch into an overhead squat and then into a burpee over the barbell. (laughs) That's just ludicrous. You don't have to do that. That doesn't have to be the main part of your workout. Instead, I really, really believe that you need to ruthlessly execute the basics day in and day out and then master them while also progressing them so you can keep advancing and growing. I mean, that's in essence, progressive overload. You get really good at something when you repeat it. Perfect practice makes perfect, you know, right? And don't we say that all the time? You you only really get good at things when you do the damn thing. <laughs> Yet you keep doing new things, you know, or when you when you do keep doing new things, you don't really give your body a chance to learn, grow and adapt. And that's that's I think the biggest difference that I see in a lot of programs um, that I'll see on, you know, especially Instagram and things like that. And, uh, I mean, hell, some of the programs I I see out there that are actually very popular, don't do any upper body strength movements. That's for mountain biking. Like I, to me, that blows my mind and the reasoning, because I did reach out and ask, ask the coaching, uh, program is, you know, they don't want you to get too big and bulky in your upper body. (laughs) What? Just What? Uh, don't even get me started. That's a whole other thing that I'll, I'll get on a soapbox about, but I'm not here to talk negatively about another coaching program. Instead, I'm here to help you really understand how important strength is to your cycling and to your sport, because it is incredibly important, um, you know, and just staying consistent. And when it comes to staying consistent, I, I kind of want to talk about this a little bit more because this is sometimes the hardest thing for folks to swallow. Um, I'll give you an example especially since a lot of you are mountain bikers. So when you're at a bike park and you're at, you know, your favorite local bike park, right? Do you complain when they don't change a jump weekly or monthly? I sure as hell hope not. Of course, of course you don't, you know, that's because you need to keep practicing that exact jump in order to master it. The same approach can be applied to your own body when it comes to your own stability, strength, and power. You know, just because you're in the gym or strength training at home doesn't necessarily mean that different principles apply. You know, also, it's really important for me to add that when you progress your strength and stability work intelligently, you will also minimize injury and see greater progress over time. So that is definitely a win-win when it comes to strength program. That is a quality strength program. No fluff. (laughs) So you're probably now wondering what, what a good strength training program should include for cyclists. To me, every strength program for cyclists and really anyone, it, it should include some sort of horizontal push and pull movements 
some sort of vertical push and pull squats, deadlifts, single leg and and single arm movements, as well as some core and balance work. And a lot of the core work should include carries and grip work and things like that, especially for cyclists. But honestly, now research is showing that it's really important to have a healthy and strong grip just for overall health, you know, whether you're a cyclist or not, which is really cool. And, you know, once those basic movements, those movement patterns are, are consistent then a level of power movements can be introduced, you know, such as snatches, cleans, any, any type of plyometric movements, things like that. My athletes actually in the, uh, in the, str- the shred strong program that I'm doing right now, they just graduated to some dumbbell snatches this past week. And I, I am here for that. I love it when my athletes start to incorporate some more power movements in because that is a, it's just fun. It mixes things up you know, has it not be as boring and things like that, but it really helps you generate power in your body. Because if you can learn how to generate power in your body off of the bike, then you can learn how to generate power on the bike too. I see it time and time again, especially with some of my, some of my newbies who are newer to strength training and, you know, they've never deadlifted, for example. And then they go to a bike park and they're like, holy shit, Jen, like I can sense now my hips, when they come to my handlebar on these jumps, I'm able to generate so much more power because I'm just stronger with my deadlift and things like that. And there's nothing better than that. So I will say, ideally, if you're, if you're still riding your bike during the week right now, you, you should be doing a minimum of two full body workouts, you know, strength workouts per week in order to avoid burnout or overtraining. I see overtraining very often. Now you can strength train up to four times a week, but it's best to listen to your own recovery, you know, level for you, which is going to be personal for you as well as how well you're sleeping and and things like that in essence, in order to minimize injury, because, you know, we don't want to have you going into a race injured and things like that. Now I do have some of my, you know, private clients and customized training clients doing up to four times a week of strength training but they can also fit it in really well and easily with their schedule and things like that. So that that's something that I talk with them about personally, especially since they're doing a customized program. Now, you know, that being said, if you can at least get in two full body movements or strength workouts rather per week, that is going to be so crucial. Then you can kind of add in things like a core, you know, an additional core workout like a couple times a week, which is what I usually do for some of my group programs and things like that. Um, and that's really ideal, especially for folks who are riding three days a week, because then they get, man, they get, you know, five, maybe six days a week of training, but it's not overly taxing because a couple of those days are core workouts. So I think it's really cool. I think it's a lot better than doing six, you know, hard days in the gym. That's just going to burn you out. Um, so I, you know, if you are doing three to four days a week of strength training, I do recommend that one of those days is just strictly, you know, upper body, strictly arms. You kind of save your legs, especially going into the weekend. If you're, you know, especially riding hard during the weekend, it's just really important to kind of have your legs feel as fresh as possible. Plus, you know, it just, it helps you recover a lot more effectively. So, you know, you should keep the exercises relatively the same throughout the duration of a training cycle with slight variations in them in order to, you know, work muscles at different angles, under different kinds of loads, um, as well as with different tempos 
in order to vary the time under tension for each of those muscle groups. Because like I talked about in a previous episode, the time under tension for each muscle is ultimately what helps it grow. Okay. So with horizontal push movements, that includes things like, you know, push-ups, floor press, bench press, horizontal pulling movements. You know, that includes all of the variations of rows, which are one of my favorites. Vertical push movements are any type of press that you do where you extend the weight overhead or the band, you know, the resistance or, or the weight is overhead. Vertical pulling movements, you know, include movements similar to pull-ups, basically. So there's a variety of movements you can do there, um, you know, especially in, when you're in the plank position and things like that. There's a variety of different ways you can, you can vary that. Now, squats are a huge leg and quad driver. So those are, you know, obviously important for pedal strength and and things like that. But deadlifts are just as important. You know, deadlifts enhance your hamstring, glute, and low back strength, which are all important, you know, especially if you experience any low back pain or things like that. It's really important to have strong low back as well as strong core, core muscles to help prevent that. And then, you know, add in some single leg and single arm movements using those same movements you know, the same movement patterns, you know, pulls, pushes, things like that, in order to really develop far greater stability and core strength than you'll ever get just by being on the bike, you know? And, and what's really cool is doing this strength workout will ultimately help you bulletproof your joints as well as increase your overall health. And, and I say that very confidently, you know, bulletproof is kind of a strong word, but I really, really believe that it can help make you so stable because time and time again, I hear from clients who are just like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't realize I had like a janky shoulder <laughs> until I started this program and we started to do, you know, reverse flies or we started to do some shoulder cars and things like that. And, you know, it's basic movements with actually really incredibly light weights, but they come back and they, they just they realize it about four to six weeks after we usually start like, holy shit, you know, I'm feeling a lot more balanced. I'm feeling a lot more stable. Even when I go to put the dishes away in the cabinet on a, on a high shelf, things like that. And ah, it's really cool. I, I can't tell you how rewarding it is to hear that from them. So creating, you know, I have to, I have to put a plug in here and, and say that creating smart strength training programs for cyclists is what I do. So coming on Monday, March 29th, I will be opening up enrollment into my Shred Stronger program. This is, as you can imagine, it's a continuation program off the wildly successful Shred Strong program that led over 30 mountain bikers over the winter through a series of strength and conditioning you know, routines that helped them keep going and getting progressively stronger. And these riders have, they've PR'd segments on recent rides They've felt stronger while snowboarding and skiing um, and running. I have a lot of runners in the group. And they've noticed that they feel significantly stronger both on and off the bike now. And they're about 12, four to, 12 to 13 weeks in. It's a 16-week 16 16 program, which is longer than most traditional programs um, you know, who are, that are winter-based. But I've also been following it with them because that's what I do. And I've even PR'd segments on recent rides without even doing the conditioning workouts at all this season. So I'm actually under-conditioned. But when I have gone out for rides recently, I've PR'd segments, which I wasn't even trying to do. But that just goes to show you how much of a difference strength makes. So 
Shred Stronger will include, you know, two full body and two core strength workouts every single week, along with a warm up routine, recovery, and mobility flows that you can do after hard rides or training sessions that help you kind of come down. And it lasts for as long as you want to be a member. You know, all workouts are delivered in an app right on your phone. They even include videos on how to do the movements so you feel a lot more confident doing everything, you know, but in this program, this is the catch that you don't see with other programs. You get full access to me. If you have any questions, if you have an injury, you know, something that you're kind of still rehabbing and you just want a a modification here or there, reach out to me, pick my brain. I love this stuff. And what's really cool is I also include video form reviews every week for my group of athletes. And this is really meant to help further boost your confidence because I'm not standing right there with you. You're on your own. You know, you're, you're, you are leading your own workout, but I'm right there with you for support. Should you ever need it? And once a month, I also host a live Q and a, or I talk about a particular topic when it comes to cycling and health and, you know, and that's for the group. It's private. I don't release it, um, you know, publicly or anything like that. For example, this month, I'm actually going to be talking about nutrition and how to fuel your lifestyle effectively and effortlessly without, you know, complicating things too much. So again, we start on Monday, March 29th. The link to sign up is in my Instagram bio at shift human performance. So stop doing a half-assed program or worse program hopping all around by jumping to the next program, the new shiny object, and instead start doing one single program that you progress with that gives you something with a greater focus on what you should actually be training to increase the power to your pedals with greater strength. All right. I hope to see you in the group. If you have any questions, let me know, you know, shoot me a message uh, at Jen at shift or you can, you know, DM me at in my Instagram at shift human performance. Hope to see you there.